This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom. Righteously American. <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but that intro gets me every single time. So I'm Stacy Washington, host of Stacy on the Right here on my own network, Stacy on the Right Digital. How about that? <laughs> That's not really the name of it, but who knows what we're going to call it. Listen, here's what we have going on today. I want to announce to you that we're going to be bringing back our segments from the original iteration of the show, Second Amendment Update and Poll Report. I'll, remember all those fun segments we used to have? Well, we're bringing those back. So look for those in the next couple of days. It's going to liven up the show a little bit, bring a little bit more of the interest and kind of, it was a little bit zippier and more fun when we did those. And I'm looking forward to more of that. Um, we will also be bringing back having guests, but not as many as before because the one hour format means people really want to hear the news and they want to hear the topics and everything. So we'll be diving into that. But as of right now, just still having a lot of fun with the show. Um, we're going to get into the encouragement in just one minute, but I first want to kind of give you a lead in on what the program is for today. We're going to be talking about some immigration subjects. There's been a few things in the news. And then we're also going to push in on... I, I So this is one of those stories where I kind of hate to bring it to you, but it's a story and we have to talk about it because this is where things are headed in the United States if the Equality Act passes. And that's a story about this guy. He's a man. He chooses to live as a woman, but he still has all of the male parts. And he has been running around suing estheticians and people who work with personal hygiene in this country um, suing them because they refuse to do these personal services, the women. So he he intentionally seeks out the services of women to come to his home to perform these services on him that they would normally perform on women. So waxing, you know, bikini waxes, things like that. He wants his private areas treated in the same way as women's, only he has male plumbing. And these situations would put women alone with him he would be nude, obviously, and they would be doing these services for him. And when women have refused, he simply sues them under their laws over there, which protect him against having anyone say no to him. So we're going to talk about that, unfortunately. Fortunately, unfortunately, we're going to tackle that. And then we are also going to dive into uh, – um, I so there's, there's – I'm a little tongue-tied because I'm surprised by some of the things that are coming out from – these are not lefty outlets – reporting that um, the U.S. Border Patrol arrested more than 1,000 African nationals. So countries in Africa, people from the continent of Africa, over 1,000 of them have been arrested trying to enter the United States through Mexico. That no new border wall has yet been finished. The, all of the border wall that's been completed has been replacement, which is the deal that was signed last year, by the way, in case you're wondering. Um, I was wondering how the president was going to get around that, and apparently he's not been able to. Um, the president has also issued a new rule that would cut 3 million people from the food stamp rolls through the elimination of automatic eligibility. So if you're getting some other form of assistance, you're not automatically eligible for food stamps. This ought to be something taxpayers are rejoicing over. All it does is add an additional layer of vetting so that people who really need food stamps can get them and people who don't need them don't automatically get them because that's a burden on us as taxpayers. But of course, lefties are screaming about it. And then, of course, the tariffs on Guatemala and the title of today's show, which you might have noticed, uh, does mild sauce actually lead to uh, lower incidence of dementia? Is spicy sauce and spicy food and capsaicin, the spice, is heavy consumption of that linked to dementia? There's a new study out that says it is. So I first want to go to this uh, Psalm 23 is the, the book study that we're doing right now. And I'm showing you, if you're watching the live stream, I'm showing you a copy of the vintage version of this book. It has had a number of different printings. I loved the hardcover copy that a girlfriend of mine in the Bible study had. So I've already shown you on previous live streams the 
paperback copy that is the most recent one that you can buy on Amazon, but you can also buy this one from used booksellers. It's A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by Philip Keller. And we are technically on chapter seven, but my, because I have the speediest reading child in America uh, sitting just adjacent to me here because it's summertime, she finished the book, you know, at, like in three or four days. Um, she was just like inching and pinching off of it and finished it quick. And so I was then propelled to finish it as well. And so what's been interesting about this is I started this Bible study. We started it, our, our, the Bible study group that I'm in, uh, started this study over the summer as something that we could kind of really, kind of, it's, it's not one of those heavy studies where you're reading it and it's a lot of, you know, cross-referencing and things like that. It's Psalm 23 explained from the life of a man who he actually was a shepherd and he did that for a huge portion of his adult life. He's also done other things. He's written tons of other books. I mean, he's a very accomplished individual, but one of the, one of his jobs was that he owned sheep ranches. And so he explained Psalm 23 from the perspective of a shepherd, and it is just glorious. It's, it's so good. And if you're looking for something that's lighter, meaning the way he has written the book is he's writing it to you as the reader. He explains the Psalms, Psalm 23, and then he also connects other scriptures to it. And so it's beautifully written, but it's not so heavy and tough that you can't like you could you could power through it in a couple of days. Um, the version that I have shows 142 pages. It's hardcover and you can get this one on Amazon. The, the author, again, is Philip Keller. But what I wanted to point out to you today is that um, this <laughs> I have to I have to point this out because of where I am right now. And I'm not belaboring this point. This is a place where a lot of people who are listening to this show are currently finding themselves recently out of a job. So I'm not, I'm not bringing it up because I'm the only person. I'm bringing it up because a lot of people are in this, in this circumstance. So a lot of people are sitting there thinking, okay, what am I doing now? And how, what does this say about me? Is, is, this, you know, is this a punishment? Is this something that's my fault? Did I, did I do something to bring this on? Or is this just a part of the valley that I'm walking through? And it's just another way that God is going to strengthen my faith and give me a stronger testimony. Well, I'd say yes to the latter. Um, but at the end of chapter seven, he talks about, he asks some questions, some very specific questions. And chapter seven's title is, Yea, Though I Walk Through the Valley. And he says, it's not whether those, var- those, it's not whether those valleys are dark or merely dim with shadow. The question is, how do I react to them? How do I go through them? How do I cope with the calamities that come my way? Because they will come. With Christ, I face them calmly. With his gracious spirit to guide me, I face them fearlessly. Now, that's something. That's saying something. But let's go a little further. How do I face them fearlessly? Well, one example of someone facing a a very tough situation fearlessly happens in 1 Samuel 17, and it's a famous story. You've heard it before, but this morning as we were discussing it, there were some things that I felt like, okay, I didn't, I don't know that I got that before. So this is when the Philistines had gathered their forces of war. This is Old Testament Israel, and they were assembled at Soko in Judah. They had camps pitched, and they were right basically in view of the Israelites. Their champion was named Goliath, who was from Gath, He came out of the Philistine camp and he was like, you know, seven feet, nine inches tall. Uh, He was covered in the heaviest of metals because the Philistines were a steel, uh, steel nation. They had steel and no one else around them had steel. Everyone else was in the Bronze Age. So their armor was, quote unquote, impenetrable. So you have this extra large size man. He's a warrior. He's crazy. uh, He's a crazy smack talker. And he's hurling these awful invectives and slurs at the Israelites. He's been doing this for 40 days. He's stood and shouted at their entire army of, again, the Israelites, a shorter, smaller in stature type of people, mighty in valor, but definitely not the biggest people around. Why don't you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man to come down to me. And if he's able to fight and kill me, we'll become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him. You will become our subjects and serve us. Then he said, this day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. 
Saul and the Israelites were very, very afraid of these statements. They were terrified. They were dismayed. And so in comes the Instacart delivery boy, David. He's a shepherd boy. He's not old enough to be a man of valor or fight at war with his older brothers. And so he shows up with basically a bag of groceries, groceries on demand. <laughs> he is the youngest son of an Ephrathite named Jesse. He hails from Bethlehem in Judah. He's the youngest of the eight sons. And he's just like a tiny little, he's a little fellow. He, he's now, he's slain a bear with his, brand, with his bare hands. And he's also slain a, a, uh, a lion with his bare hands. But most people still don't see him as like, he's not a mighty man of valor. He's a shepherd boy. So 40 days in, he shows up with the groceries. He, and, and. When he arrives, this Philistine is in the middle of an epic roast session. He's tearing these people up verbally and enjoying himself, laughing, taunting them, mocking them, and he's mocking their God. He's mocking the God of the Israelites. So they've called for him to bring some food out. The Philistine is shouting his usual defiances, and when David heard it, he had something to say. He said to the man standing next to him, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? So <laughs> his older brother heard him talking smack about like, what if, if somebody kills this dude, what does he get? And the older brother was like, are you kidding why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? And I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch. So how dare you talk smack? That's what he's basically saying. And David said, well, what have I done? Can't I even speak? So Saul overheard the entire exchange, sends for David. And David says um, to Saul, the king now, he says to the king, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul says, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. And this Goliath has been a warrior from his youth. In other words, if you go out there, you're going to be crushed like a bug. He's going to kill you. He's going to make a mockery of you and your whole family. He'll tear you limb from limb. And David says, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or bear came and carried off the sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, okay, go, and the Lord be with you. So he puts his armor on David. David, of course, is like, I haven't tested this armor, and it's too heavy for me. In other words, I'm too small for this, and this isn't the way I fight. I'm going out the way I know how to go out. He runs down to the brook and picks out five smooth stones and then says, you know, uh, I, I'm going to head out and, and do this thing. So the Philistine keeps coming closer to David and looks him over. He's still from pretty afar, but he's looking him over and he's like, oh, my goodness, you're a boy glowing with health and cute. And he hated him. He said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And so he cursed David using his gods and said, come here, I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. And David, undeterred by this giant of a man screaming and hurling insults at him, says, you come against me with the sword and spear and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Then little tiny David took off running, put a rock into his little slingshot, hit the Philistine in the forehead, and the rock sank in. And when that big giant fell and hit the ground, David was still running, and he unsheathed this giant sword and lopped his head off and then ran back to Saul with the head. Now, obviously, this is 
to the glory of God. But what does it mean for us? Well, it means we are not we are not to accept the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Rather, we are to rely on the Lord and say, this battle is his, and I come against you in his name, and then go slay the giant and give God the glory. We'll be right back with more. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Okay, forest animals, kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, turtle, he's not here yet, man. Uh, he's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch your soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of a stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood, or an earthquake is destroying buildings, or is the best time perhaps today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy. Your football buddy. Or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker. Your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Is that a faucet, Roni? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to Discover. Discovertheforest.org, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Hey there. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. So as we're moving into our content for today, I just want to give one more little bit of information to wrap up that story that I was sharing from the Bible about David and his slaying of Goliath. And if you haven't really, it's one of those stories that you grow up learning it, you grow up hearing about it. And then as adults, we kind of get away from those traditional Bible stories. And we tend to think more of, you know, studying the Bible in a, in a very different way. And the stories, sometimes we don't allow them to have their full impact on us the way they had when, when we were kids and we first heard them. But the story of David and Goliath has so many different ways that it can be applied to our everyday living context. But specifically, I want to make sure that we're understanding that there, there are times where we're going to be in the valley. You know, it could be health. It could be, you know, a situation with a, another person. Who, that person is not willing to reconcile with us or, or, you know, they're mistreating us or what have you. Where you're just going to abide and you're going to be there knowing that God is in control and he's going to ultimately right the wrongs and take care of you. And that it might take longer than you're even comfortable with, but he will sustain you. 
But there are other times when we are supposed to rise up and we're supposed to slay the giant. And the reason that we are supposed to do it is not because we're so fantastic or we're, you know, rage kitties for Jesus or we have this supernatural, you know, we do, we have the Holy Spirit, but it's, it's not for our own glory or edification. It's because the name of the Lord has to be upheld and uplifted. And when we see it, we should become inflamed the same way that David did. We should never be willing to allow God to be put down or put in a place where others can mock him or make a mockery of the gospel. And when we see that happening, the way that the thing that really drove David that day was that he was a man after God's own heart, even as, as a little boy. And he's out keeping the shepherds, you know, the, keeping the, the, he was the shepherd, he's keeping the sheep. And his flock apparently wasn't that big, like, because he, he wasn't a big person himself. He wasn't old enough. But what he had, he took care of it as if he worked for God. And he spent his free time writing about the beauty that surrounded him in the fields and the mountains and the valleys where he was with the sheep. He spent his time glorifying God and really saying, I'm your favorite and you love me. And because of that, I'll always sing your praises and I'll do anything you ask me to do. And his attitude was such that there was just nothing greater than God, nothing greater than spending time with him. And so for him to hear the Philistine, not just putting down the Israelites, but striking fear into their hearts by defaming God's name, it was something he couldn't, he couldn't let it go. He couldn't just show up with the groceries, deliver them, hear what was going on and leave. He saw two huge problems. The first problem being the Israelites cowering in fear from this uncircumcised Philistine. And the second, more importantly, being that the Philistine was not only striking fear into their hearts, but he was defaming the name of David's God, David's father in heaven, the, the person he worshiped and spent all of his time with because he had a lonely job. He talked to God. There wasn't anybody else to talk to. Sheep don't talk. And this is where we find ourselves sometimes. And, and I need this encouragement just as badly as anybody else. We're in the shadow. We're in the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't, doesn't say that you're going to die there. It says you'll be in the valley there. And when you're there, you see, really, there's nothing much good going on down there. You're still alive, <laughs> but everything else looks like it's in turmoil. And that is when you have to decide, am I going to accept this? When one of the women, um, she's our Bible study leader, she was saying today, what I got from this is that I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm accepting this circumstance, situation, and I don't have to. I can say God's going to get the glory here. I'm going to keep pressing forward. I'm going to slay the giant. Whatever the giant is, it doesn't always look as cool as David literally running out there with his little tiny self and hitting the dude in the head with a rock. And then as soon as he hits the ground, David just is right there on him and off with his head with his own sword and that he talked all that trash before he did it. It, it doesn't always look like that, but sometimes it does. We have a duty to follow through and to make sure that when, when we have the opportunity, we bring glory to God through our circumstances by not giving up, by not allowing the enemy to strike our hearts with fear so that we cower and we hold back from what God has called us to do. And so if you're in that area or if you have someone in your life who's in that area where some, they've gotten some bad news of some sort, don't, that's not the end of the story. In fact, it's just part of the story. It might even be the beginning of part of a story that is going to be very edifying and not only give glory to God, but be encouraging for other people around you to know that this too shall pass and you can conquer and slay that giant. You can and you must do it. So check that story out. If you want to be invigorated, just reading about David's moxie, the smack he talked, that's the kind of stuff that is literally ringing out to us from thousands of years ago the original epic smack talker, and he delivered on the smack talk through the power of God, David. Pretty fantastic, right? Okay, so, okay, there's a couple things. First of all, we're going to go ahead and get this out of the way. The study finding that, um, yeah, the hot sauce can make you have dementia. So mild sauce, clear mind, spicy diet linked to dementia. This is a study that they just, it's out of Adelaide, Australia. Now, according to the study, 
Older adults over the age of 55 who consumed more than 50 grams of chili per day. Now, that's a lot of chili, y'all, okay? But people who consume more than 50 grams per day displayed nearly double the risk of developing poor cognition and a decline in overall memory. Now, interestingly, slimmer adults indulging in a spicy diet exhibited an even more significant memory loss. Now, y'all know, I just was talking about this yesterday about the weight loss journey and all that. So how is it that if you're skinny and you eat the hot stuff, it's even more marked? Now, I, and I have also read other studies that show that um, as you get older, you don't want to be as super skinny. Like being as skinny as possible is actually not of a benefit to older people. For every decade that you get older, you want to gain a little, like a smidgen of weight. We're talking about a pound or two, not not huge amounts. Because it not only adds cushioning to your body to protect your bones, but it is it, it softens you and, and lessens the impact of, you know, natural things that occur like wrinkles. So anyway, it, here, Dr. Zuman Shi, who was a lead researcher on this project, the quote from him is, chili consumption was found to be beneficial for body weight and blood pressure in our previous studies. However, in this study, we found adverse effects on cognition among older adults. Now, the researchers in this study analyzed the chili intake of 4,582 Chinese adults over the course of 15 years. Fresh and dried chili pepper consumption was tracked, but sweet capsicum and black pepper were not included in the study. So in general, study subjects who ate more spicy food had a lower income, less body mass, and exercised more frequently than those who uh, preferred the more mild flavors. Wow. So they were heavy exercisers. They were skinny, but they were also low income. Now, this has led researchers to theorize that skinnier people are more susceptible to chili intake than overweight people, which would explain why skinnier adults displayed more prominent memory loss. Wow. So that's interesting. Now, chili is one of the most commonly used spices in the world and particularly popular in Asia when compared to other European countries. In certain regions of China, such as Sichuan and Hunan, almost one in three adults consume spicy food every day. Capsaicin has already been shown to speed up the metabolism and promote fat loss and hinder vascular disorders, but this is the first time its impact on cognitive functioning has been investigated. So I would just say everything in moderation. Um, it, It doesn't, I don't think this means you can't enjoy spicy foods, but I do think if you're looking at 50 grams a day, you're probably overdoing it and that can have negative health ramifications and they will be more pronounced on people who have a lower body weight. That's just, yeah. So gotta be, um, gotta be smart about it. Um, so next off, um, I want to, I want to delve into, we have a bunch of stuff about, um, immigration today and we also have a little bit of audio. Hold on. Um, hold on a second. Okay. So we're going to get to that audio in the last segment of the show. Right now I want to do these, these stories on, it's just kind of unbelievable. So first off, President Trump has now revived his threat to uh, impose tariffs on Guatemala because Guatemala had agreed initially when they were threatened with tariffs to sign on as a preferred third nation. Um, so they obviously the, the caravans that we've seen have been forming in Guatemala. And President Trump tweeted out that they've been forming caravans sending large numbers of people some with criminal records to the United States and they decided to break the deal that they had with us the American people the American government by signing a necessary safe third agreement and so now he's saying they're going to revive the the threat of the ban tariffs remittance fees and they're saying Guatemala has not been good big U.S. taxpayer dollars going to them which were cut off by the president nine months ago The safe third country agreement would require asylum seekers who transit through Guatemala to claim asylum in Guatemala instead of the U.S. It was actually set to be signed, but the high court in Guatemala ruled that their Congress must first approve the deal, which effectively blocks it from taking place and President Morales from signing it because their Congress is in a lame duck period. And, you know, obviously in the lame duck, they might not want to take up a measure like this. So since they've decided not to move forward with the deal, President Trump is threatening ban tariffs and and something along the lines of taxing their remittance fees, which we've been saying all along here at this show, haven't we? Haven't we been saying all along that it's just silly for them not to, um, like, not to do anything with uh, 
with their actual remittances. We know those things are that that's easy for us to to actually do something about. And some states in the country have already undertaken that. Um, so let's talk about the wall now. We're going to run down all these immigration stories really quickly. Here uh, it says that the president hasn't been built any new border wall as of yet. And this is a new report that's out by the D.C. Examiner revealing that the Trump administration hasn't built any new wall. Everything that's been built so far has been replacement of old dilapidated structures. <sighs> so U.S. Customs and Border Protection says they confirm that all the fencing completed since President Trump took office is in place of dilapidated designs and because existing fence was in need of replacement. They have built 51 miles of steel bollard fence with funding that was set aside during fiscal 2017 and 18. The funding was meant to re both replace outdated and place barriers where there previously had been none. The government has only completed the replacement projects. The re projects to secure areas with no fence are still, quote unquote, in the works. So, yeah, that silence you hear is, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of shocked. I mean, yeah, I'm not kind of shocked. I'm totally discombobulated by this announcement. It's unbelievable to me that he would be there for two years and not get anything done with this. He promised on May 1st that we'd have 400 miles of border wall built by the end of next year. They're only averaging about 1.7 miles of barrier per month, which means we we'll, won't even reach 40 miles worth of new barrier by the end of next year at that pace. So they got to pick up the, the pace. And you guys know I support the president, but I also have to call out, like, what, what's going on here? What exactly is happening? Um, I w so I will see if I can get a surrogate on to discuss this development. Um, I do have some contacts there. We've had surrogates on before. I really enjoy having them on, actually. The, the, so I, I'll definitely reach out and see if we can get somebody to come on and give us an update. Uh, so, and then the last one I have here... Um, is about the Africans at the southern border who've been arrested. So U.S. Border Patrol has arrested more than 1,000 African migrants in the past two months from trying to cross into the U.S. from Mexico. So these people are from 19 African countries, and they've been arrested illegally crossing the border into the United States since May 30th. So 1,000 since May 30th. The apprehension of people from African countries illegally crossing into our borders continues to increase, and this is according to Del Rio Sector Chief Patrol Agent Raul L. Ortiz. They've encountered people from 51 countries other than Mexico, including 19 countries from the continent of Africa. Many of the immigrants in Texas were from the Republic of the Congo, the Democratic P Republic of the Congo, and Angola. Cameroonians have also been traveling up through Mexico and into the U.S. in larger numbers and seeking asylum at ports of entry. Also on the waiting list for asylum are Ethiopians, Eritreans, Mauritanians, Sudanese, and Congolese. So this whole thing about it being about stopping Mexicans is just lunacy. It's about stopping people who want to come into the country illegally. These asylum claims are spurious and don't even have, they don't, they don't hold a tin of water. So it's, it's totally, utterly egregious that we're even dealing with this. Uh, so let's see, do we have time? So when we get back. We're going to talk about this, and I, I hadn't seen this uh, YouTube page before. It's a YouTube page, and they have a lot of different people that they make fun of and point poke holes in their, in their ideology and everything else. But one of their chief videos, like the videos that get the most traction, are videos where they say, stop making me defend Donald Trump. And the reason that this website is, or this, this YouTube page is super important is they have like 1.3 million subscribers their videos regularly get millions of views and they represent a huge segment of Americans who they don't necessarily like the president, but they also don't like to see people slandered and misinformation spread. And these are the ones that are going to be on the fence and possibly available for the president to pick up as voters in 2020 since the media has not learned anything from 2016. So when we get back, we're going to talk about that and also Ricky Gervais being attacked on social media after he defended women from having to do these private area waxes, bikini waxes and et cetera, on trans women. So when you hear trans woman, that's a man with all the man parts who lives as a woman. 
Why he can't shave himself, I have no idea. And why he is unwilling to have men shave him, again, I have no idea. Um, I think you probably can think of a few reasons, right? So, we'll be back with more. Stay right there. What if I could tell you that a full-blown wildfire was going to occur tomorrow right where you live? you exactly which neighborhoods it would engulf and how fast it would do it the first thing you would do is talk with your loved ones and make a plan today it's true i can't tell you a wildfire will strike tomorrow but shouldn't you make a plan anyway go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today don't wait communicate Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Good morning, Uglyville! Every ugly doll is unique. I'm Moxie. Bobo. Wait. Those close to me call me Slick Doll. Which is not his name. And every child is, too. They can be pretty lovable. That's why when you travel, you should make sure your child is in the right seat for their age and size. That sounds pretty great to me. Keep them safe by visiting NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Isn't that right, gibberish cat? <laughs> Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety administration and the ad council let's be honest the national symphony may not be in his future but he wanted to try violin so you said yes because you love him and if you love him that much love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat show them you love them keep them safe Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's 4 a.m., Monday, and you're literally sucking baby snot through a tube because she's congested. Man, that's love. And if you love her that much, love her enough to make sure she's buckled in the right car seat. To make sure your child's in the right seat for their age and size, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. And you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food, we've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food, because 40% of all food in the U.S. never gets eaten. Save the food, cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit savethefood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Hey there, welcome back to the program. Don't forget to visit us over at patreon.com slash Stacy on the right and uh, leave me a message there. Um, and also you can check us out at Stacy on the right.com, which is where you can find the easiest and best uh, version of our live stream. We have a chat room over there and we're just super excited about being able to be with you on all these different avenues as we continue this Stacy on the right show digital platform. Uh, so right now I want to I have to cover this story and, and this bites like covering this story is upsetting. Um, and it's upsetting because if you think about it, we have a bunch of people who are running their own small business and they provide services like Brazilian waxes, underarm waxes, they'll wax your, wax your arms, your legs, you know, whatever. And they do these services for women. So they're women. And a lot of these women who are doing these services, if you think about who, who does most of the services in the nail industry, well, it's women from 
uh, Vietnamese extraction. Usually they're, they're Asian women, but a lot of times they're from Vietnam. And that's due in large part to a movement started by two little blonde-haired ladies, little old ladies who wanted to help these women have a way to come to the United States to take care of their families. And when they did that, it's this whole industry that sprung up across the country. And these immigrants have become really staples in our communities for running these small businesses and providing services to American women and men. Some men go and, you know, get pedicures too. Um, And then what they've done is their children are now growing up to be Americans. They're living in America and they're contributing. They're paying taxes. They're voting. They're here and they're loving being in our country. And that is something that is beautiful. It's a part of the American experience. And we're so excited. I, I love the women who, when me and our girls, when we go to get a manicure, pedicure, those women, we love them. We think they're amazing. They're not only entrepreneurs and business owners, but they're also kind and they're helpful and they're funny and they share their life stories with us and we share with them and we talk about kids going to college or, you know, babies. Some of them are, they're just freshly married and they're having, starting their families. It's just, this is an, a really disgusting story when you think about who's impacted by it. It's women. Another instance of this transgender LGBT movement harming the people that they say, they say they're, they're in league with women, but how does this work out in that way? So this is in Canada, and Canada is where we're headed if we let the Democrats pass the Equal Rights Amendment. Just, just want you to know. Uh, if you think the transgender men running around beating the stuffing out of the girls and wrestling and, and, and racing, if you think that's bad, buckle up. This will be the next thing. So it's not just the first lawsuit this guy has fought, filed. His name is Titiana McGrath. That's what he calls himself. And the tweet from him is, this is the brave woman taking, I'm sorry, the name of this man, wait, let me make sure I'm telling you the right, the the right name. Hmm. I'm looking, I think the name of the transgendered man is Titiana McGrath. Perhaps it's not, it's irrelevant. The picture of him is disgusting. It's obviously a man, and he's grown his hair out, and his hair is black, and he's dyed it blonde, and then he's got it curled up, and he's got a little tiara in his hair. Then he's got his man body duded up in a strapless, what looks like prom gown that's blowing in the wind, but underneath all that is a man in all of the manliness that can be like a man. So what he's done is he says... He should be able to have his private areas waxed by a woman in the privacy of his own home. And any woman who denies him that right because her husband is afraid of him, of her going and doing this service for a man, which is what happened. He called over and tried to have a woman come, come do the service, the waxing. And she's, she realized that he was a man. And she said, well, I can't come to your home and do it by myself. And he said, well, I, I want it done at my home. I'm not going to travel to you and you will come and do it. And she was like, no. And so. She's, she's being sued by him. He's suing her. So Ricky Gervais, who is hardly a conservative, come on. He went on to Twitter, and here's his tweet. How do we get to the point where women are having to fight for the right to choose whether they wax someone? I'm not going to read all, all of what he said. Um, immediately, he was called a transphobe. Oh, my gosh. This woman says, Ricky Gervais is a transphobe who barely disguises his bigotry as feminism. Real feminism includes all women, including trans women. No, it doesn't. Real feminism does not include men who are biologically male. How can it? That's why feminism is a crock. That's why I don't call myself a feminist, because they are actually advocating for things that hurt women. The Farmer Jojo tweets out, Sad to see Ricky Gervais, someone I once respected for his animal activism, is such a huge transphobe. It's always a shame when someone you respect falls off that pedestal, especially when it's for something like this. So it looks like there's a ton of opposition to what he said, but the truth is there are a lot of people on here who are really, truly supporting Ricky Gervais because what he's saying is making sense. Um, And I'm not going to read all those tweets to you, but I want to make sure that we understand that the Equal Rights Amendment is is the avenue by which we Americans can then be sued. And it will be every situation in which a woman would be alone with another woman, trans men will want that same right with women. 
Now, am I saying that trans men are rapists and that women are in danger? It's really irrelevant what you think might happen. What is relevant is whether or not a woman feels comfortable doing that and if she has the right to say no. And under the Equal Rights Amendment, women would not have the right to say no to this kind of ridiculousness. And that's why it's just not okay. Um, so let me set this next bit up for you. I, I found this site. It's on YouTube. And it stopped making me defend Donald Trump. And I wanted you to hear the audio from this. Um, <laughs> so first of all, it's hilarious. The setup is that this person that you're going to hear, he's defending Donald Trump, not because he likes him, he voted for Hillary, but because people are saying things about him that aren't true and are nonsensical. And he wants the truth to be out there because he feels you can oppose the president without it being nonsensical. And that's what makes the whole thing so funny. The stuff he's saying, it's just unbelievable. Here he is. Uh, it's number one. Did you hear about this? What did he do? Donald Trump banned an entire religion. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's the Muslim ban, so I guess Trump is banning all Muslims from coming here. And he's probably going to kick out the ones that are already here. Actually, it's not a ban against all Muslims. The travel ban is against seven Muslim-majority countries. Yeah, but unemployment's at 4.1%. Trump isn't shutting down Meals on Wheels. Only 3% of their budget comes from the federal program. No, Mom, I agree with what he said about Donald Trump. I just don't think it's appropriate to say it at Aretha Franklin's funeral. Are you serious, Gary? Oh, I don't agree with it. It's like, if you're so concerned about terrorism, then why isn't Saudi Arabia on the list too, right? Why the f*** are you defending Trump? I'm not defending him. You guys are just misrepresenting him. Trump is not as bad as Hitler. Okay. Who put this here? And who took my lunch? Actually, LGBT categories have never been on the census, so no, Trump isn't removing them. How much are the Russians paying you, comrade? Wait till he comes to our place of business and starts collecting our Muslims and getting rid of them, too. Hatem and Ali are American citizens. And that makes it okay? What? No. Holy sh**. Oh, my God. I didn't know you were a white supremacist, Gary. Wow. <laughs> so... What you're hearing is these individual scenarios and the music in between is like they segue from that scenario to it. And at the end of each one, he looks at the camera and he's like, what? All he's saying is, is he's correcting what they're assuming the president did so that they can assess it based on what he's actually said or done. So he wasn't saying that they're Muslims. I love how liberals love to say they're Muslims. But when Ann Coulter said conservatives have the best blacks, she said we have the best blacks. Oh, everybody was up in arms. I actually thought to myself, well, she's right. The best black people are on the right. Oh, I know some people are going to email me about that. They got triggered, but too bad. <laughs> I don't care. So um, it's funny to me because what he's saying is he's a Hillary voter. He doesn't like President Trump. He's liberal in his viewpoint, but he still thinks that people should tell the truth about what President Trump is proposing or wants to do or what have you. So my sincere hope is that people who are in that same boat will begin to give the president's actual policies a fair hearing. There was no Muslim ban, even though the president was eventually kind of coerced into calling it the same thing himself. There was no Muslim ban. It was a ban on people coming to this country from six countries that had no vetting process. There are 49 Muslim majority nations in, on the planet. So if it was a Muslim ban, there would be no entry of Muslims from any of those countries whatsoever, right? In fact, a ban would probably mean deportation or something, which is not something he could pull off. He can't even pull off building wall at the border with these activist judges shutting him down at every turn. He can't even pull off deporting people who are in the country illegally who admit they're here illegally. So how in the world would he be able to deport people who, as, as he pointed out in the little clip there, are American citizens. They're, they're already American citizens. So I'm going to make a point of order about something I said about Ilhan Omar. I said that as an immigrant, 
she would be subject to deportation because she'd be a lawful immigrant. She'd be subject to deportation if she committed a felony. Now, I, I think there are circumstances under which her citizenship could be revoked, but she actually went through the naturalization process. And as a naturalized citizen, she holds the same rights as you and I, which takes me back to my original support of the president and his desire to overhaul our immigration system. I do not believe that people who come here as immigrants should be able to automatically get naturalized dependent upon the method by which they come here because that takes away the incentive for people to, as immigrants, hey, I want to appreciate this country I've come into. She doesn't have any appreciation for America. And this is nothing against the multiple tens of millions of Americans who come here lawfully, who are lawful immigrants and are fantastic members of our society and beautiful people, of which my husband and I have friends in our personal lives. We, we love these people. So it's not about anything against immigration. But there is a reason why there are different ways to come to this country. And there's a reason why immigrants have that kind of, there's that last little wall there where you can vote, you're a citizen of this country, but if you start committing felonies and you know fall in with a crime ring, you know that your incentive for not doing that is that you could be deported. There has to be a difference between people who come here as immigrants and people who are born here naturally as citizens. And it doesn't have to be a huge difference like some scarlet letter that you're wearing, but it should be something. And no person makes that more evident than Ilhan Omar, who has literally broken umpteen numbers of our laws at, at this count we're, they're, they're like 13 laws she's broken from marrying more than one person at a time to tax fraud I mean you just you name it it has been such an interesting development to see all of the things about her come out and become a part of the the you know obviously the news media is not really harping on it but those who have eyeballs to read and the desire to click through you can find the information out so yeah, that correction had to be made. I don't really love it, but there it is. Um, the truth is better than, you know, running around thinking she actually could be deported, which actually makes the, the, the flip side, the upside to learning that is that that means no amount of chanting by Americans who are upset by the things she said can actually remove her from this country, which means everybody was upset for nothing. So, you know, free speech, you get to say what you want and let everything else fall to the wayside, just like they do when they're saying things that we don't like. Nobody seems to care. All right, so last story for today, which I thought was fantastic ruling, and I did tease a little bit earlier, is that the Trump administration is proposing a new rule that would cut 3 million people from the food stamp rolls immediately. What's so fantastic about this is that it doesn't actually mean that people who are in need would go without. It just means that there's an extra layer of vetting. They're proposing... Still working on getting used to our new sound system here. All right. The link is on the show notes. Listen.stacyontheright.com. Share the show and thank you for being here today. God bless.